Live from the Pathway Studios in Johnston proper, you are live from the path. And you're listening to Live from the Path. We're coming from the uh, Pathway Studios here in Johnston proper. It is good to be with you. Welcome, friend. Come closer and know me better. What is that? Every day. Every day I must say it. <laughs> Wait, did you say that last time? Yeah. What I, What was it again? It was, it was uh, well, welcome, friend. Come closer and know me better. It's that uh, present ghost of the ghost of the, the past, present, and the future from the Muppet, from the Muppet movie. Of the Christmas Carol. He had like a little accent of some sort going. Yeah, he's a big jolly giant, and I can't really pull it off. But I was—I made fun of my daughter almost all week because we were at uh, we were at uh, St. Louis Zoo or whatever last week, Kansas City Zoo maybe. And uh, <laughs> there's like this big canary hut. There got to be like 500 canaries in there, right? And they're like, "Careful, they might land on you." And so she gets so excited, like this is a big opportunity. One of these canaries is going to land oh, on yeah, her, right? Yeah. So she's walking around this canary hut with her elbow out, like it's the canary's natural habitat. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, and for half an hour, she's getting like an inch away from every canary, and I'll be like, "Get, get, get on my elbow." Get up my elbow. And then when that don't work, she'd like stick her pointer finger out and be like, oh, this will do it. <laughs> the poor girl got snubbed. Like, oh, seriously, man. no canaries ever landed on her elbow or her finger. You can tell she's like a farm girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the city girls are like, keep that bird away from me. No, she was she was right up in these canaries. And so, I, so the whole time she was doing it, I was like, come, bird, and know me better. <laughs> she doesn't think it's very funny now. but uh, I could have done better on an opening story, but I, I wasn't quite as prepared as I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, then. Uh, but we do know you better. <laughs> here's what we got going on the show tonight. Uh, we are uh, very excited uh, to have the, uh, the the return of Crystal Joy in studio. Hi, Crystal. Hi, thanks for having me. You bet. Uh, Crystal is, uh, has another book out. So last time she was in studio, we talked about her book, Completely Captivated, and Completely Yours uh, is her next book. I, uh, I assume that you only have like a, uh, you have like a Scrabble that only has certain letters. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yep. <laughs> garage it. sale version. <laughs> you caught me. What can I say? That's, that's, that's my secret. I, sh- I shake all the letters out and I dump them, and that's where the. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, actually, she has another book which does not have the word completely in it, and, and I was blown away. So anyway, we're gonna t- we're gonna talk about. She's got a couple books on the horizon. We're gonna talk about the one that's out now and the one that is yet to come, and uh, just check and see what's going on in her world. Plus, there's a, there was a story. That I found on CNN.com, and I thought, hey, that'd be a good good one for the show. And I thought, oh man, I can't. We just have a bunch of dudes batting the story around. This is not a good idea. And it happened to work out that Crystal was also coming in uh, that same week. The so, balance. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be helpful because I'm not. I I don't know. I I basically saw the trajectory that this uh, discussion on this story was going to go, and it was a decent one, but it certainly wasn't interesting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, that's a risk, but it, it's um, it was an article on CNN.com, and it had to do with um, the changing reasons why um, why ladies cheat. Uh, Just are, ladies, not the focus of no, yeah, the, 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 all people, like on their taxes. Uh, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah, yes, that's exactly what the problem is: is that they're trying to get away without paying the government. <laughs> I wish I could find a woman like that. <laughs> no. Uh, but anyway, it's it's um, the nuances in the article were pretty interesting, um, and so I, I just kind of wanted to talk through and maybe see if we recognize the thought process, see if it applies to other things, um, 
and, and maybe try to understand where that um, what's allowed those thought processes to kind of come about. So anyway, we'll talk about that a little bit. We're also going to talk about, uh, so, I mean, sometimes ladies feel like they have to stray from their current relationships because they don't know whether they're being loved or not. And I, I think we can answer that question. And so we're going to play, is this love? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm going to give you some situations and you're going to have to tell me after hearing the situation, is this, is this love? I mean, what is, what is love really? And so I bet we can get it nailed down between this article and, uh, and Crystal's book and then obviously my sweet quiz. I'm pretty I mean, excited about that because uh, when you were here last time, I was not here. I can't remember why, but I had to watch it, and I thought I did not get to participate in that quiz. That, that do you remember how you did? How did you do in the home I, game? I, I remember thinking that I would have done poorly live. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, excellent. Find out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's, uh, let's get reacquainted uh, in case you have not met Crystal. Crystal, maybe just share a little bit uh, about yourself, and then I wanted to, to talk about your new book. All right. Um, I live in the Quad Cities. I just turned 31, and I'm a stay-at-home mom, and I also get to work from home as well. So I write the stories we'll be talking about today. The two books that I have out, completely captivated and completely yours, are collections of love stories based on real couples. So I sit down and I interview couples, and usually what I tell them is I say, Imagine your relationship as a movie. Give me four to five scenes. That's that's your story. Doesn't always work out that way with some couples because some of the couples in the books actually break up. So it might just be one person or there's a tragic circumstance. For instance, uh, one of the people passes away uh, or is sick with an illness. But overall, I you know I I interview at least one of them and I get to write their stories. So they're fictionalized in the fact that they're like. Novels, you read a hero and a heroine following in love, but they're actually based on real people and real events, which is a lot of fun. And then I also write contemporary romance. So I've had a few novels in the in my back pocket for a while now. I've been working on Shackled Heart for about seven years now, oh. and it's going to be published in the next couple months. So I'm really excited about that as well. I mean, that's got to be pretty cool. Uh, well, well, hold on. I don't want to get ahead of myself. No. I want to talk about that what? Shackled Heart here a little bit. Yeah, hold on a bit. Now, I had questions. Uh, oh. You're moving on without me. Okay. So, actually, I was going to ask you that, like, when you, because you were talking about, like, some of them break up or, or, you know, like, a circumstance shows up, like, and, and that was one of my questions, like, you listen to people talk about your their relationships and, like, things that you've been doing this for a while, do you, I mean, can you listen to people tell stories and be like, these people are going to make it? There's <laughs> nothing. This ain't gonna happen. Like, like <laughs> this guy's person gonna die soon? Well, well no, this is it, no, like, like they are not compatible at all. Like they're yeah. sitting there telling their love story, and you're like, no, 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 that's not good circumstances, fellas. This <laughs> I is wouldn't not, call that love. Yeah, yeah, this is not love. No one bonds over cream soda. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, was that a no? Then you feel like that you that uh, you, you're not not, you're not yet. Okay. I mean, I'm only two books in, so give me a little bit of time. I mean, in the be, next few years, I'll get really good at predicting who's actually going to be fair. I mean, completely yours is. I mean, it's thick. Like you don't <laughs> talk to some people. <laughs> I see a sequel yeah. completely messed up. <laughs> Ooh, I like it. So, there you go. <laughs> me and Barnabas met over cream soda. <laughs> Crystal started shaking her head. I'm like, what? It should have <laughs> been diet. <laughs> uh, so it, actually, it was. It's, it just occurred to me though. You were talking about um, writing from home. So like, do you have to have? And I think I asked this before, but I, I just I wanted to make sure. So like, um, d- does does where you're at or like does your environment influence um or do you use your environment to influence what you're writing at the time right like if there's certain sections of the stories does like does it matter where you're at where you're sitting uh or you just kind of do what you do wherever 
You know, so I usually write at my kitchen table. And the weird thing, I guess if you're looking for like a weird thing that I do while I write, yes, I always something have to silly. have, <laughs> yeah, something silly. Like, okay, so I always have to have a chai tea next to me. That's not so weird. Mm-hmm. But then I also have to wear like socks. Usually, even in summer, this sounds stupid, but I wear like really fluffy long socks. Woolly? I don't Woolly know what, I cannot write barefoot. I'm not joking. If I tried to wipe barefoot, I don't think I could do it. I don't know. I've ever tried. I have to write wearing socks at home. Now, when I'm at a coffee house, I try to look a little more presentable, (laughs) and I wear normal shoes, and it's fine, um, or sandals, you know, in summer. But yeah, when I'm at home, like that's that's what I look like with big, comfy, fluffy socks on. When was the first time you realized that? Like you started to hammer something out barefoot and you're like, this is not working. (laughs) (laughs) I need socks. I don't know. I think I just kept doing it until someone asked me if I do any weird writer writer quirks. And I'm like, no, I'm not that weird. And they're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I am actually. I I have to write with socks on. That is really weird. Why do I do that? I have no idea. You mean not everybody keeps an ostrich in the kitchen with them? (laughs) Man, the stuff you don't know about people. (laughs) Uh, all right, so so tell us um, tell us a little about completely yours. So it's it's uh, in a similar vein as completely captivated. Like you were describing that um, you've kind of um, helped fictionalize love stories um, of real couples, and um, so so you know maybe maybe share a few of the stories uh, or or maybe some particular moments as you were kind of crafted some of these stories from some of their real lives that um, that impacted you or affected you in some way or another. Well, completely yours is is similar to completely captivated, and that you know, like I said, it does have breakups, it has tragic circumstances, it has your happily ever after endings, but it is deeper. I think mm-hmm. when some of the couples I interviewed for the second book had read completely captivated, they saw what kind of details I had already incorporated in that book, and so they were much more open with me. Um, just like I said, only just because they had read the other book and they they knew what to expect, and yeah. so it, it it's thicker. Like for instance, um, Tom and Megan's story, um, they go through a situation where they meet, and you have these first couple scenes where it's really sweet. They're at a restaurant, they're getting to know one another, and then all of a sudden it switches gears where they're they're actually married and they're struggling and they're wondering, hey, should we stay together or not? Maybe we should get divorced. Maybe we shouldn't stay married anymore. And so they have to make that decision. And so they really poured it all out there. You know, when I sat down and interviewed them, they were very open and honest with me about their doubts, about whether or not they, you know, they wondered, should we actually, should we actually do this? And so um, it was a couple weeks before they got divorced that they actually sat down and had a conversation and tried to hash it out with each other and decided whether or not they should stay together. I won't tell you if they do or not. You'll have to read the book to find out the end of their story. Um, but that in that particular scene, you know, it was it was a hard transition as a writer to go from like this cute little scene of them getting to fall in love to switching to them married and questioning whether or not they sh- they're actually going to stay together. And th- that's um, I, I really like that about the stories in that um, I like I mean, people can see their their situations in them, right? Because there there are complications. There are um, changes in circumstance, and there are situations in which um, things look one way, and then as time and, and circumstances can can change that, and that's hard for us to go through as people that are reading the story um, because we recognize what the folks in the in the story are going through. I remember uh, what, what's it the opening the opening story with uh, Mary and, and Daniel? Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So so like that was a very 
um, it was a very interesting story to open the book with, um, yeah. and it kind of did the it, did, it kind of did the opposite of what you were just talking about. So, like, you you get in on, on the tail end of it um, yes. of their uh, of their relationship, and um, it was very interesting to see it kind of move back. They're going through some struggles, um, and then you you get kind of get to go back and look and see how they where they started from. Um, kind of the promise that existed in the um, the butterflies and like all just the cool things about how a relationship like that starts, um, and then you know you but you get to see that through the through the lens of um, the modern day stuff they're struggling through. And again, the, there's just a lot to relate with, um, especially knowing that that um, underlying these are, are real people who have gone through some of these things. Um, it's easy to to kind of buy into a world uh, a world of fiction. Um, and then you can kind of live in the world and get out of it. There is something that is that is really compelling, or that just sticks just a little bit longer with you, knowing that at the core, at least, there's there's some real people behind some of the stories. Yeah, um, and that particular story, I do actually decide to start with the divorce, and I just thought that that would be a really good way to start the book because you know it's it starts with this hardship and then goes back in time to them falling in love and then how it all unraveled and fell apart. And I did that because I thought it would be a really good example of what the rest of the book is going to be like, even though there are really, you know, romantic scenes in Mm -hmm. the book, really sweet scenes where people are meeting or a first kiss, and there are a lot of happily ever afters. But at the same time, this book is, is more real than some of, you know, fictionalized romance and even some of the other books that I write. But it shows how deep it is, you know. Um, just in the last year or so, I changed my my author tagline to deep-rooted romance. And I did that because I really like to get at the deep issues of life and relationships and love. Because love is hard. And so that's what I want to incorporate throughout the entire book is that love is difficult. Relationships are difficult. They're worth it. But you do have to work at it. It's not always easy. And sometimes I think, you know, you look back when you're growing up and you read all these fairy tales. And even when you watch like Disney movies, you know, it's it's so fun to see that. But at the same time, it's not real life. It's so much more difficult than what they make it out to be. That really is the truth, actually. You watch how some of them Disney movies unfold. And like, and I watch my daughters watch them, right? And they're like, Ariel, blah, 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 the mermaid. I'm like, hey, man, you barely know this cat with the legs. You know you also going to change your whole life, tell your dad to shove off and all of a sudden make these I'm like, what's Disney? Come on. You know? <laughs> trying to raise kids that like respect their old man, maybe listen to a little bit of wisdom. And all of a sudden, you know, we're promoting this gal that's making deals with some snake alley <laughs> octopus woman <laughs> so she can live on land and not talk anymore. I'm like, you ain't even met this dude, you know. Anyway, I hear what you're saying. <laughs> I didn't think about it that way. I'm telling you, wow. look at some of the morals of some of these stories, right? And here's They're the thing. Scary. This is what I like yeah. about 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 the, the way that these write, right? Is like there's there is an actual there's a truth in it that you don't have to be like, uh, you know, hey man, that's true. Like you can just tell. Like when you when you pull up on something authentic, you know that that can sniff of your life or anybody's life around you. Um, it just it rings in a certain tone way better than like when someone has contrived, you know, a complete scenario that you're like, I, I don't know, man. That doesn't sound like anybody has anything happened to me. You know, but yeah. like you listen to people pine over like, man, especially divorces. They're just brutal to listen to some of these stories, you know. And like y- you knew these people five years ago, seven years ago when they met. And you're like, this is a done deal, right? It's it's done. It's sealed. It's fine. I could turn my back on these cats, come back and meet them in 25 years. And they're still going to be smiling, raising kids and having a, a great marriage. And like seven years in, they're like, you know what? I just, I don't see it anymore. And you're like, how? 
did this happen? Yeah, I actually knew Mary. I know Mary and Daniel. Yeah. So to write their story, I had no idea what they were struggling with. I thought they were a great couple. Yeah. Um, and I, I love both of them. So it was very interesting. Um, when that I was, I shouldn't say interesting. I was just shocked actually when I found out what was actually happening in their marriage. But you know, Mary was very open with me and in, in sharing about her relationship and all of their struggles because she doesn't want anyone else to go through what she went through. She went through a very difficult time and you have to read the book, but I don't want to give away too many specifics with that one. Um, But she, you know, she turned her back on what she was seeing right in front of her, but she didn't want to see it. And so she really wanted to put her story out there for other people. Um, Same thing with, um, you know, Annie and Lucas's story, you know, um, in that, in that story as well. She really wanted to, you know, both of them wanted to get their story out there for other people just to see. Uh, and Annie and Lucas deal with long distance. Jenny and Michael also deal with long distance in the book as well. And I really liked that the couples brought that up because I think a lot of young couples in particular deal with that, you know, especially when you're right out of college and you're falling in love and you have to decide, you know, is this person, is this person, you know, worth pursuing? Is it worth moving to where they live? And can I see a future with them? And that's that's hard. It's hard to think about leaving your family. It's hard to think about leaving your friends to move where somebody else is in hopes that it is going to work out in the end. Yeah. My, my uh, daughter is going through that right now. We've been having some pretty deep talk, talks. She's dated this guy for five years. They love each other. They, I mean, they have great relationship. I mean, he is a great guy. He uh, suddenly decided to join the Marines and moved to Kentucky and just assumed she'd go marry him. And she's in college going into dental school in a year and a half. You know, it's like she, she can't just go anywhere. You know, I don't know. I, I don't want to go into, you know, anyway, she, she's real confused. Like they've kind of broken up and kind of not and kind of, you know, and they're like neither one of them really wants to not change their plan. No, you yeah. just you have a brand new job and you're you're kind of reestablishing your identity. You know? Like mm-hmm. who are you really? Yeah. Well she's still got a year and a half left. Okay. So uh, yeah, that uh, makes undergrad and then she's going to graduate you know, she's yeah. got four years of dental school, so That's hard. And he's got six years of Marines. Ooh. Six years wow. of Marines? Uh, at least. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. I didn't know they did it in you. I guess I had no idea what the time frame was. Well, it depends if you go active or, you know, yeah, I mean, it's all the variables and everything and what you sign up for, but. He should have been a pro tennis player. There's good money in that. I I always thought I I wanted to be a place uh, or uh, kick field goals. 
Yeah. That's 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 the job right there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you only show up like two or three times a game. I mean, people could really hate you, but I mean, most of the time you're inconsequential. Yeah. It's okay to be short. <laughs> you don't have to lift the weights all the time. See? And this is the way you handle love. Because that... <laughs> That other conversation's hard. <laughs> I mean, you got to think about it. Like, I don't have any good answers there. But, like, could you be a field goal kicker? Absolutely. <laughs> that's a no-brainer. That's a no-brainer. That's a no-brainer. I'll be the hero at the this end of the game. That's why I'm glad okay? Crystal's tackling these subjects. Because I'd be like, you know what? I'm not built for this. Go ahead. Let's do the field goal kicker conversation. <laughs> uh, hey, we're, we're, uh, you're hanging out on Life in the Path. We're talking to Crystal Joy, uh, author of uh, Completely Captivated and Completely Yours. You can pick up both books uh, where where good books are sold. So, like, you've got some local, you've got some local places uh, that people can pick it up, right? Um, book, so Completely Captivated, you can get at Barnes & Noble. You can get yep. at Nook & Kobo and Amazon. Completely Yours is just on Amazon right now. Oh, but eventually, Ooh. I'll get it into bookstores as well. I just wanted to try out just doing Amazon just mm-hmm. to see, yeah. you know, if it made a, I made a difference if I reached out to different readers and whatnot. So, do, do you, um, uh, wh- where are you at with what you read? Um, reading uh, electronic books versus um, versus physical copies. Do you have a, a strong preference? I do right now. So actually, I had a very strong preference toward only print books for the longest time, like especially older books. You know, you just open them up and you can smell the, the I don't know, probably the musk, which doesn't sound so good, right? But it's, I don't know. There's something special about opening like an old classic book. But now that I have kids, so my son is three and my daughter is almost two, and they rip so many of their own children's books apart. I'm like, you're tearing mommy's heart. You just, <laughs> you just ripped a book. I'm like, I can't do that with my book. So I caved um, probably a couple years ago, and uh, I have a Kindle now. I like it a lot. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sticking to that for now until my kids get older, and I know that they won't ruin my books. If yeah, your right. kid tears that Kindle in half, I mean, <laughs> he's got to go on TV directly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's strong, but he's not that strong. <laughs> I bought a... I bought a like a Charles Dickens book from a garage sale I think a couple of years ago and I and I uh I I brought it home and it smelled like uh minestrone and neglect. It was the weirdest <laughs> funk. <laughs> like it was like no one had touched this book for years and but then it had some kind of like Italian soup odor to it. And for the longest time I didn't want to read it cuz I thought it would like obviously, it was like a tale of two cities, which doesn't have that vibe. And I just smelled it, and I—it I, was too—it was distracting. I had to get rid of it. <laughs> so, do you have a Kindle then? Uh, I do. Yeah, there you go. I do, and I, I spent. Um, what did I spend? I probably spent two days right when I got. Well, it was—it was an iPad, and it was like the Kindle app on the iPad. Um, and I went through and tried to find out all the old classics that were free. I thought I don't want to pay for any of this stuff. So, <laughs> so then I went, you know, like that. You can get the Count of Monte Cristo for free off the net and just put it onto the onto the iPad. And so I, I loaded a bunch of those up. And then um, I found that I didn't I didn't care to free read on it all that often. But it was really good for like um, like the kids' books. So you can borrow things from the library. Like we're reading the kids are reading the Wing Feather Saga. And um, that's really good to have on there. And then, but what I also found is Kindle will will do a match. So, like, if you buy, so the, my study books, um, I, I usually get in physical copy because I like to writing and, and stuff. Um, but you can do Kindle Kindle match, and you can buy the digital copy for like three bucks. And so, so you know, if you're going to travel or whatever, it's really handy to have a, a digital copy of this thing. So uh, that's that's where I've landed on the. Uh, I, I use it as my backup if I'm going to be traveling about. But otherwise, I do prefer the physical copy because I like to market it. Huh. I don't know when I turned into that, uh, a guy who marks up books. 
I was I never liked that. I didn't like people writing and stuff. And then for some reason, it, somewhere it turned, and now I got, yeah. I got writing everywhere. When yeah. I was in college, I would write all over books because yeah, then it was yeah. just easier to find my notes. Yeah, and, and you know, and writing somehow helped me understand the concepts better. Yeah, yeah. I would put it in my own words because some of those textbooks, it's like mumbo jumbo of just it, uh, you know you could have you could have worded that 20 word sentence in 10 words and you didn't so i'm gonna do it for you yeah. right don't you think they yeah. come out with like the message for textbook you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like just some guy that says it's like oh yeah that makes way more sense <laughs> now i get it <laughs> now, i'm not trying i'm trying not to review myself as the non-reader that i am and so i just make side commentary every once in a while <laughs> i use a lot of highlighter because I don't want to have to go back and like, oh, it's somewhere in chapter three. Oh yeah, yeah. like I don't want to read the whole thing. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So. How do you? So how do you edit your um, uh, your, your own work? Do you print it out and kind of mark it up, Crystal, or, or uh, do you you read it in digital style? So I read it in digital style for a while, and I have a writer critique partner who will read everything as well. And we use track changes. If you've ever heard of that, yeah. Um, so we we'll go through and we'll use that, and then at the very end of a book, usually like right before I send it to my editor, I'll print everything out, and then I'll do the same thing like we talked about with textbooks. You know, I'll highlight, I'll cross off things, um, reword it, and it's just one huge mess. I love to keep those just yeah. to look back at them and go, oh my gosh, look at this mess that you know turned into something so much better after I rewrote all of it. Yeah. And and so then then I'll send it to the editor and and make my online online changes. How do you much. how do you look at it with fresh eyes though? Right? Like time. after you wrote it, how, like you just have to give it time. It's just built yeah. into the process. Yeah. So, you know, like when I'm editing, then I'm working on the next book. So, the editor has it for a couple months. I can work on the next book and then I get you know, the previous book back from the editor, and I could look at it with somewhat fresh eyes. Yeah. Um, with Completely Captivated and Completely Yours, they didn't take me as long to write, uh, mainly just because, like I said, I sit down with these couples and they already have some of these events thought out and I write them. And so it was easier to look at those with fresh eyes because I've, you know, if I only work on them for six to eight months, it's still pretty fresh looking back at it again. Yeah. Shackled Heart is a little bit different of a story. I've been working on it for seven years. Ooh, and so even rereading it now scares me a little bit because I'm like, I've read this so many times. Like, what if I miss something? But my editor is wonderful. She did a very thorough job. Like, I read, I just got the edits back on it. And I read through it, and I didn't see one mistake she didn't catch. So I know she did a really, really good Does job. Does she give you, like, changes? Like, this is really stupid, go a different direction? Is that kind of depressing or...? or? Is it just more grammar? My critique partner, yes. Okay. She's a little bit nicer than partner. like, that's yeah. really stupid. Um, I can't believe you we, did this. We're allowed this to be a little This is not a third grade level. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of that, my critique partner writes um, Christian Suspense. And so she loves to kill off people. And every book, she will just kill off too many people. So the other day, she had me read a new draft of a book, and I'm really excited. And I'm like, this is the best thing she's ever written. And I'm like so proud of her. And we've been critique partners, you know, for like three years now. And uh, I get to the very end, and she kills off one of the characters. And I'm like, I'm done. done. No. 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 And so, like, I just, you know. Is she write for The Walking I, Dead? I, I, yeah. <laughs> I had a lot of fun, like, writing comments. I was like, no, you didn't. You cannot <laughs> kill him off. Put him back in the book. Like, too much. Yeah, can't, I can't you just let people in. breathe a sigh? You yeah. were like, ah, we made it through the book. Everybody's still living. Finally. <laughs> so so um, you've, you've mentioned a couple times um, your next book is a little bit different um, than 
the completely yours and the completely captivated in that it is entirely a work of fiction, right? Correct. So yes. how is that how is that process how's that process different? Like do you does it does it feel radically different as you're writing? Um and, and kind of what are your what are your trepidations about about that book? Um or what are you excited about with that book compared to the first two? It's really, really different. Um, because with Shackled Heart, it's gone through about five revisions. Um, and so you, you know, with that, you, you actually, with this book, so I'm character driven. A lot of authors are either character driven or plot driven. I'm very character driven. So I knew when I started Shackled Heart, I wanted to write about a guy who was going home. I'm like, so that's how it started. So then I was like, all right, I want him to not want to go home. So what would make him not want to go home? And I'm like, well, maybe he did something so bad that home feels like prison. And so then I had the idea of, well, all right, maybe he actually went to prison. Mm-hmm. And if he's going home, he's a he's on his parole, just leaving prison. And so that started turning into more of a story for me. So I actually wrote the whole story just, okay, what would Charlie do next? And now what, what would he do next? And I got to the end of it and I went, wow, I really, I, I, I don't have a plot. Like I, <laughs> I have a character doing a whole bunch of really random things. And then I thought there was this wonderful masterpiece because it was one of the first books I ever wrote. And I had all these people read it and they just tore it all apart. And I'm like, okay, I need to go back to the drawing board on this one. So I had lots of help from people reading it. Uh, and then I went back and I actually created a plot and then that's where you know the heroine came in mckenna christensen and i decide well who's going to go against charlie who's going to push his buttons a little bit so i came up with mac who was a parole officer i'm like because charlie you have this man who's who's lost his wife in horrific car accident he was the one driving so he has this immense guilt knowing that like the love of his life is gone and all he wants is he wishes that he was dead you know like he wishes that it was him he doesn't want to live life without her so you have this guy who's on parole who doesn't want to move on with his life and then you have this parole officer who's nudging him saying hey dude you got to get it going here you have to you have to move on with your life you can't just hide away from everybody and you can't live with this guilt um, but she actually has some struggles of her own um, she actually knows more about his car accident than he thinks and so um, so she she witnessed some of it and so because of that she does not want to work with Charlie when she mm. first gets him on her parole so she's this wonderful parole officer she loves what she does she's actually a workaholic and then she gets Charlie on her caseload and she goes, oh, my gosh, I can't do this. I, like I cannot work with this guy. Like, nope. I saw his accident. I saw his wife's body. Mm-hmm. There's no way I can ever look past what he did. And so they're, like, stuck in this situation where they actually have to, to work with one another and uh, get to know one another a little bit. You know, it's pretty cool about about writing both styles that you're talking about here because I'm interested because like when when you have a completely fictitious story, you take those critiques and be like, hey, man, that's my story. <laughs> but like, does anybody, you know, read that, read some of the fictionalized stories that you've talked about, you know, with with other couples and be like, well, I don't like Randy. And you're like, hey, man, I can't change Randy. Randy's Randy. <laughs> I, you know, like, I don't own that critique. Randy's just a jerk. Nothing I can do. <laughs> You're right. That makes it so different. I am very, I'm more nervous to publish Shackled Heart because they're my characters. I made them up. So you're right. If someone critiques them or doesn't like them, I'm going to go, wait, that's, yeah, that's wait. my Charlie. That's my Matt. Yeah. You can't, you can't say that about yeah. them, you know. He's multidimensional. Look exactly. at him. He's got so much life yeah. in him. I've never had anyone 
tell me that they dislike any of the real people. You know, if, if anything, <laughs> they become attached. Um, I had one reader um, become very attached um, to Annie in Completely Yours. And she she wanted to know what happened to Annie. She's like, I need to know because the story leaves you hanging a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, I just need to know. And I need to know what's going on with her. And so it was really exciting, actually. I uh, Annie is actually now engaged. And so when I told this particular reader that, she's like, oh, my gosh, I just got tears in my eyes. I'm so happy for her. Like, I'm a huge Annie fan. And it's just it's so fun because I get to go back to Annie and be like, Listen to what this reader just said about your story. Uh, very How excited cool for is you. This? <laughs> so it's a lot of it's it's you're right. It's very different in that way yeah. because it, every time I hear good things from a reader, though, I tell these couples because I'm like, this is your story. You know, yeah. I think even now, like they they share their story with me, but they don't realize like how attached people can get to them. I was I was able to tell a lot of the couples from Completely Yours that now looking back from Completely Captivated. <laughs> um, but that's that has to be one of the best things about writing these collections is just being able to share these these real couple stories and then having yeah. people connect with them and go, I want to know more. You know, like, are they married now or do they have kids now? Or like, it's just, it's yeah. so fun. Well, that's how you know stuff is well written and, and at the very least entertaining, right? Like, because when you end up watching a show or something, you're like, I'd like to watch another one. That's how Netflix got here, right? But, like, people feel the same way about, obviously, the book, right? Where they're like, this is not enough information. If there were more, I would continue reading it. Yeah. Right? And so, like, that just means that it's written in such a way that, like, people are, they're they're truly entertained by it. Help them connect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And a lot of it, I think, is just what what they're telling me. I, I love what... Every, you know, every story, you know, I don't know, as you read it, like, feels different as I write it. I think even rereading Completely Yours, I had a different voice in some of the stories. And I think part of it could just be me getting used to writing these types of stories. But I think a lot of it is what kind of details the couples give me. And so that, that really puts a different vibe on the stories. Now, Sarah and Chris's story in Completely Yours, I've actually never met them. They're the first couple I wrote a story. I've never met them. Um, they live in Colorado. And so I had to, Sarah, thankfully, keeps a blog. And her husband is in the Air Force. So she keeps a blog. And, and I was able to really read through her blog enough to get a sense of who she is and who he is and, and to write that story. But that was definitely the scariest story I've written so far, just because I've never met them. And I wanted to honor their personalities yeah. and you know hope that I, I captured them correctly. Yeah. Has anybody ever reacted poorly to how they came off in an initial draft? No. Ooh. I feel like there's a niche market. <laughs> that's how you knew Randy was a jerk. He's like, yeah, that's me right on it. <laughs> I do that stuff all the time. <laughs> I mean, that takes some skill. I, I mean, I've said really nice things about people and they took it wrongly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so so you've, um, you're a couple books in writing about people's um, relationships um, and, and have gone through the process of, of having kind of craft characters um, on your own. And and have them kind of to to live out in the world. What what have you learned about about love and about relationships um, from being an author, um, both from the, for the first two types of books uh, that you wrote, and then also into the fiction book? Well, you know, last time what we talked about a lot was the fact that a lot of people don't value their relationship. So that's something that I've learned. It's it's very interesting to me when when people find out that I'm 
uh, a romance author of real life stories is people go, oh, my story's not that interesting. Or actually, the, uh, we went to a wedding a couple weekends ago and one of my husband's colleagues told his wife, she, he didn't tell her that I was a romance author or that, that I wrote these collections. He's like, hey, if Schneck's wife asks, that's my real last name, but <laughs> if, if Schneck's wife asks, what, where we met, say that we, we met do, uh, selling drugs. <laughs> and she's like, what? Why would I say that? And then she actually, she got, she got to know me. And she's like, oh, okay. I, I get see. it. She's like, I wanted her to find it more interesting. Uh, we, so I thought that was really We were funny. team selling drugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing suspicious That's what, here. I mean, there's a million things he could have come up with and he chose drug he, dealers? He did. He did. Yeah. We, we were selling black market jungle gyms. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy days. So Those aren't safe, really you know. <laughs> Yeah, mm. but something else I think I've learned is a lot of these stories, it, it really showcases the sacrifices that you have to make for relationships. It could be something as simple as sacrificing your pride. You know, when you're having an argument with your spouse or a boyfriend or a girlfriend, a lot of times one of you has to give in. So you're sacrificing your pride in that instance. You know, the long-distance relationships, someone sacrificing where they live. Maybe it's not exactly where they planned on living. Um, it could be sacrificing leaving family or whatnot. Uh you know, and so I think that it's made me more comfortable with sacrifice, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I see other people doing it. Um, and even in Sarah and Chris's story, like, I love living in Iowa. And so for it's my home. But to see Sarah move across, you know, to Europe, they lived in England because Chris was stationed there in the Air Force. I thought, wow, she could really do that for somebody. You know, I find that amazing. But she... She took that sacrifice, and, and when you read their story, you realize how hard it was. You know, one of my favorite scenes in the book to write was when she's, um, they just got to, to England, and they, they don't have their stuff yet, and so they're in this almost empty house, and she's just really annoyed, and she tries to make the coffee worker work, and it doesn't, and she messed up something with the voltage, and, um, and so she takes the coffee maker, and she sits it down on the floor, and she just starts kicking it. And so I remember emailing her. I'm like, wait, so it was on the countertop and then you took it to the floor and you kicked it? Is that what really happened? She's <laughs> like, yeah, that's what really happened. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think sacrifice is, is huge in relationships. And so it's, that's, that's key, I think, in a lot of these stories is you see that sacrifice. And for a lot of people, it works out. For some people, it doesn't. But I think in all these stories, it's, it's worth it in the end. Yeah, boy. I suppose if we could all take a lesson like that away, things would be good. I you often so I often feel like I'm being called to sacrifice my pride, and then I like to walk it up the mountain and then say, just send the ram, Lord. I don't want to have to get rid of it. <laughs> send the ram. <laughs> he often does not. <laughs> I was just thinking, I hope my wife's listening. <laughs> <laughs> the prime lesson is... Kick coffee pot, not damn. <laughs> and sacrifice. <laughs> hey, we're hanging out with Crystal Joy, uh, author of Completely Yours and Completely Captivated, and the forthcoming Shackled Heart. Uh, wait, was it Heart or Hearts? Heart. Ooh. Just Shackled Heart. Just one. Yeah. Just one. All right. Uh, so anyway, you can pick up. Uh, both are available on uh, Amazon.com. That's my recommended ways of purchasing things. So yeah. uh, I'd, I'd go ahead and just pick it up right there. And look, do you have any other um, events coming up, places you might be out and about signing stuff? Or 
I don't. Okay. I just got the edits back on Shackled Heart. Originally, I was thinking winter, but now that they're all done, I'm like, you know what? I'm ready to share this with the world. It's It's been, you know, seeing my computer mm-hmm. for seven years. I think it's one of those situations where I just need to let it go. Time to get out. Yeah. So it's actually, I don't have a date yet, but it's going to be published in the next couple of months. That's yeah. awesome. Now, these yeah. are like from a Christian perspective, right? They or, are fr- they're clean romance. They're sweet. Clean I mean, not romance. like Jesus even necessarily, that would make but your mother yeah. Blush. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I was just thinking, like, do you do you travel to churches and talk about this stuff, or or or, or is that like, I mean, I don't know. I haven't yet, yeah. but I could. Yeah, I just wonder. It'd be appropriate for something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah. would. So yeah, it's not specifically. <laughs> It's not specifically well, but, Christian fiction. Yeah, right. opposed like to the I truck said, stop she's doing now. <laughs> <laughs> I did have to warn her, watch your salty language yeah. here on the program. <laughs> you don't bring that sailor talk in here, Crystal. <laughs> yeah, you really have to worry about that. <laughs> Gotta drop those drug dealing ways. <laughs> That's right. Put them black market jungle gyms back in that truck. We buy from a reputable dealer. <laughs> uh, yeah, so hey, I picked that up. It, so as you wait in anticipation for the... Uh, for the first work of fiction to come out here within the next couple months, uh, do pick up completely yours, completely captivated. I, so I'll tell you this: I, I think it will do two things for you um, that make it well worth the read. One, uh, the stories are extremely interesting, um, and uh, they're very well done. Um, and the fact that you know that they're coming from uh, people's actual relationships um, really does add an extra element to it that, that makes them fun to read. Um, and, and they have all the twists and turns that people's relationships do. And so they're, they're flat out a good read. The second one um, is it does it does help, I think, you to, to think about your own story a little bit. Um, and it, it's good to be reminded. I was so I, I was out in um, I was out of town last all last week for work. And um, I realized yeah, I was driving up. I was only had been out of the house for like two hours. And I realized that I spent a lot more time thinking about my wife and thinking about my kids when I was sitting by myself driving up to, to where I was going. Um, and uh, and that is very healthy for me um, because it, it causes me to um, reassess or, or not get kind of caught up in, in kind of the wheels of time. Um, and the, the motion of my work and of, you know, just the other stuff that I have going on and meetings and all this kind of stuff. And, um, it just let my mind wander and, and, and think and do very good, um, thinking about my wife. Like one of the things I actually thought about my wife was, is I, um, the kids, we do a lot to make sure the kids are, are exploring hobbies and learning skills. And like, I've got lists of things that I like to try. And I thought like, my wife just doesn't have a lot of time for that stuff. Like she just doesn't have a lot of time for her to say, "Hey, this is what I want to do. Um, here's here's a skill I'd like to learn, whatever." And uh, and I thought like that's we should do that. We should, and, and so like it was two hours worth of time, and that just kind of popped into my head. And I think that was it was it caused me to rethink how uh, I don't think one step deeper than I have been about I don't know what what is my wife up to? <laughs> what does she like to do? And am I helping? Am I helping to be yeah. a, uh, an encourager in her life and to and to um, not just worry about the things that I have going on, but like, look at what what does her life look like, and what do my kids' life look like. So anyway, I say all that to say, um, sometimes things like this, um, in addition to being just good reads, are also very helpful in in causing you to um, think about your own life and your own story um, in a fresh way. And and I would say all your relationships deserve that. Um, don't don't. Um, it's easy to sacrifice them to time and um, convenience or habit or schedule or whatever. Um, and some things have to shake that up, and I and I think that this is this kind of thing is very helpful to to kind of reorient and relook at what you do. So, 
anyway, do that. Um, all right, Mike, do, do we have a game for Crystal? Yeah, you want, we're going to play Is This Love? Oh, that's right. That's right. Crystal is the, is the sole... Uh, we only played this game with Crystal yeah. and Chop. Yeah, we literally we've only played it twice, and the first time it was because she was here, and the second time it was because she's here. Like yeah. we just we don't bust it out for just anybody. <laughs> so so if we ever want to play this, like, and we need you to write a book, is that going to be all right? So that you can come in and play sure. the game. Okay. So easy. <laughs> okay. Good yeah. Think about that. it. Of all the life from the past games, if there was a top shelf bourbon of games, this is it. Yeah. Like, this we is just, definitely. We've it. only busted out here once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, uh, due to that, I, I mean, there's like a sweet theme song and stuff, but like, it's not, we're going to put that in later. Yeah, you yeah. You don't get the full brunt of it. Yeah. Uh, so basically, the, here's the gist is I'm going to give you a scenario and then you're going to decide, is this love? I mean, there's, I mean, coming from the, I mean, you know how bad the internet has been. I know, I've been there. It's a bunch of lies. People <laughs> trying to convince you what love is. It's like, this is what love should feel like. Yeah. Or a mermaid's tale where you do, you know, you do weird things to meet a man from the land that you'd only met once. Like, is that really love? So, I mean, let's get, let's get down to the brass tacks and figure out what it is. Okay. Scenario number one. I'm ready. Wait, wait, wait. Crystal, are you ready? I am ready. Okay, I'm just checking. <laughs> Dan, how are you feeling? I'm, I'm dialed in. This okay, is good. We're this ready to rock by. Go ahead. I'm ready. Question one. Yeah. Is this love? Yes. A man's wife asks him if he would be willing to watch the full 11 seasons of Frasier on Netflix. <laughs> is this love? <laughs> A man's wife asks him if he would be willing to watch the full 11 seasons of Frasier on Netflix with her. Is this love? Uh, ben Foost. Uh, what? Oh, shoot. I became the booba? <laughs> yeah, you're the first one. <laughs> um, Is this love, Ben? Uh, All 11 seasons of Frasier. She, she asked him, not he volunteered? That's right. She asked him. That's n- Oh, no. I don't think that's love, Mike. I, no. No. I think... Uh, I think he's being punished. <laughs> I think I think he's being punished, uh, or he's he's not trustworthy. He's up to something, and so she wants to keep an eye on him, and feels like eleven seasons of Frasier will do it. Then I yeah. keep him in in place for a while. I got to know where he's at. Yeah, or she's trying to get him to admit to something and expects that season five will bring like, it out of him. Like he can't take it anymore. No more Frasier. Then he pumps out with whatever should happen. Yeah, so I'm I'm out. I, I say that's not love. Mike. Ben says it's not love. Crystal Joy. I'm gonna say yes. I think she wants to spend time with him, and it's something that she enjoys doing. And so if it is something she really enjoys doing, then I don't, the whole 11 seasons is a little much for me. But 24 episodes yeah, a year. Yeah, it's a lot. But <laughs> I would say he should say yes to watching some of it. Yeah, well, I know I went a little bit farther than I was supposed <laughs> to, but okay, I'm saying yes. Okay. Oh. Ben's no, Crystal's yes. Dan Hudson, is this love? It, it's funny because the, the word punishment entered my mind, too, <laughs> as, as I was thinking <laughs> I think it's a very unhealthy relationship that he is trying to love her with all of his heart, but she's making it difficult and she's pushing him away with Frazier. <laughs> um, and, and so she's trying to escape and he's trying, I, I'm going to say no. Ooh, yeah. hold on. I may revisit my answer. by t- something. You can't do yeah, that. I agree. You can't do that. No. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Well, hold on. I'm going to add this nuance, though. I did not consider. You're right, you, you can't add a nuance. <laughs> I, no, I, no, I won't change my answer. You hold my first answer. I'm just uh, just additional discussion point. It did not occur to me uh, until listening to what Dan said is that uh, um, maybe it's not a punishment. Maybe she's actually trying to chase him away. <laughs> 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 she but says it's his fault. I, I want to send him to the help? garage. What well, will do that? Eleven seasons of Frasier. I did not think of that. Ooh, that's clever. I'm still. I'm saying it's not love. I'm just saying the underlying undergirding might have changed. Go ahead, Mike. 
A man's wife asks him uh, if he would be willing to watch the full 11 seasons of Frasier on Netflix with her. Is this love? The, actual, uh, the answer is yes, this is love. She actually has been noticing that he's been secretly watching Frasier. And, <laughs> and so sweet. to not make him look a fool and girly, uh, she has brought it up and now they're watching it together. That is indeed love. Wait, wait. So she's spying on it. What well, <laughs> you can tell on not on Netflix he's, what has been previously watched. watched. He's watching <laughs> Frasier at one in the morning in his <laughs> underpants. He's <laughs> he travels for work and he watches Frasier when he's at, in the hotel room. And she thought recently watched Frasier. That's weird. And so she went to check out it and thought he really likes Frasier. He just doesn't want to admit it in front of me. Oh, that's suspicious. That's, that's really uh, funny. That's love, Ben. That is love. I don't like Crystal's optimism. (laughs) (laughs) Next question. (laughs) Crystal, 10 points. Ben and Dan, nothing. Come on. (laughs) Question number two. Is this love? Dude gets on Facebook and writes, my girl, and then puts an emoji face with hearts for the eyes. Is this love? Dude gets on Facebook, puts the phrase, my girl, exclamation point, and then includes an emoji face with hearts for the eyes. Is this love? Crystal. No. That is not love, says Chris. No, no, I don't think so. Either he's being possessive or, I mean, it's cute. It's cute when people do that, but like, you could just have a crush on her. I don't think that's deep enough to call it love by any means. Shallow. Facebook shallow. Yes, Facebook shallow. Crystal's no. Dan Hudson. Uh, I, I absolutely love. If you pull out the emojis, that's serious. <laughs> <laughs> I just You're switched to a different keyboard. This is through stuff. <laughs> I am in all the way with this relationship. I'm pulling out the emoji <laughs> with the hearts. Dan says that's definitely love. I would. I took the time to write my babe <laughs> and an emoji with a kissy kissy face. <laughs> that's love on a Facebook. Ben Foost. Oh, I just. I feel like I'm lacking information. <laughs> is this the first time he's done it? Uh, yeah, it's first time. We didn't get to ask questions. <laughs> Actually, you chose not to ask questions. Ha! <laughs> 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 oh, good point. <laughs> we assumed. In your face. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying Crystal's not right. You probably can't ask follow-up questions. Angry face. <laughs> <laughs> I'll remember that for next uh, time. Um, yeah, no, I think that's love. Du- dude puts... <laughs> dude, dude puts... My girl. <laughs> and then emoji face with, with, the, with the hearts for the eyes. No, you shush, bitch. You're done. <laughs> They're hearts. They're hearts. Is this love? Yeah. No. No. <laughs> you and the entire internet don't discuss your love life with, the, with tweets aimed at one person. It's and you affection. share it with everyone you ever met. That's not love. That's attention-seeking weirdness. No. I'm with Krista no, Doyle. Well, I'm not saying it's not attention-seeking weirdness, but it doesn't mean you do not love her. Yeah, it does. It means you love attention. Otherwise, you would just walk up to her, the girl and say, I love you. No emoji face and, and heart-shaped thing needed. No, you could have done like Diet Coke emoji hey, face. to stop trying to love people through the internet. It's not love, Ben. <laughs> you and a thousand of your friends don't need to see the emoji face internet thing. You just say, hey, babe, I love you. You know what I'm saying? It's not love. Krista Joy points. Oh, ben Foose, no points. God, I think he said both. Uh, you, don't, you don't know my man. <laughs> Crystal Joy now gets double points because I don't like the overflow of his heart. First of all, you, you've asked, you've tried to ask follow-up questions, and then you tried to amend your answer. You're, if there's a penalty box I in just, this game, you get it. I just want to be right. <laughs> Question number three. Lord, send the ram. <laughs> send the ram. Question number three in. Is this love? A girl puts... My man. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then includes an emoji with a smiley face and hearts for the eyes. <laughs> Girl gets on Facebook, writes, my man, includes picture of man, and, it says, and then has emoji with uh, heart eyes. 
Is this love? Dan. So she includes the picture of the man, huh? She put a picture of the man. I, I'm, I'm going to say no this time because, see, see, men are, are, are men of a few words, and women speak many more words per day. Tread lightly, Dan. And even though a picture is worth a thousand words, that's still not enough. It's, it's fake, and she's trying to cover up something. My man. Emoji face. No. No. Dan says not no. love. Oh. Skipping Ben. Crystal. Well, come on. <laughs> I'm being set up. Uh, this is fake news. <laughs> I feel like this is a trick question. That's what I'm but saying. But I'm going to go with yes. Okay, <laughs> because here's what I'm thinking. If it's a picture like maybe he just graduated or maybe he earned a degree or maybe he got a new job, like she could be really proud of him. What if so, I said he's drinking a 40? Does well, that change just, your answer? Any? Yes. <laughs> okay, he's yeah. not. I just wanted to know how attached you were to your answer. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think I think because if she put a picture like that, my man, yeah, yeah, okay, I'm yeah, <laughs> okay, I yes, yeah, Crystal will love Ben. I'm being set up. No, go ahead, no, go ahead, Ben. No, what's your I, answer? I don't like this. Uh, I what did I answer the last time? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think it's love. Yeah, I do. Yeah, because I, I think it's, it's going to reveal your bias, friend. <laughs> you trying to get, you trying to give me to do the dirty ways, and I don't like it. <laughs> a girl gets on the old Facebook. And, and, and writes, my man, and includes a picture of him and emoji face with the hearts for the eyes. Is this love? Yeah, no, we just talked about this last question. You and the whole internet <laughs> don't need to be talking about your relationship stuff all the time. That is not love. <laughs> that you'll be like, look at my man. Look at him. I love him so much. Okay, you tell your bestie over some coffee about that stuff. You're going to be telling the whole internet. No, that's not love. Oh, Shame on you, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Crystal led me astray. <laughs> to be Lord fair, Crystal mistakes. included her own backstory, which uh, kind of sounds like love. You should have seen uh, that coming. Thank you. So she gets uh, she gets five points for at least giving oh, her a shot. <laughs> uh, ben, no points for you. <laughs> hey, she's got two hundred uh, pages worth of experience doing that kind of thing. <laughs> hey, to be fair, if you get Booba back in here, he would lose all the points. <laughs> but since he's not here, someone's got to take it. <laughs> okay. okay, here we go. Question number four out of five in in the game show: Is this love? Is this love? Uh, let's see. A young man sits down to write a letter, and he says, he writes, Do you love me? Do you want to be my friend? Because if you do, then don't be afraid to take me by the hand if you want to. I think this is how love goes. Check yes or no. Is this love? Repeat. <laughs> a young man sits down to write a letter, and he writes, Do you love me? Do you want to be my friend? Because if you do, then don't be afraid to take me by the hand if you want to. I think this is how love goes. Check yes or no. Is this love? Mm -hmm. Can we just hear the song? Do you love me? Ben, <laughs> Ben, is this love? <laughs> yes. He's being, he's being cute. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> ben, ben checks in with, yes, this is love. Uh, Crystal Joy. I say no because he's asking. He's like, is this love? Yeah, yeah. So he's wanting, I mean, I guess he's asking if he knows or if she loves him back. But I, even in this song, he's a, he, I, I always interpreted this as like a young kid. So like a, like a six-year-old boy. Like a young kid, you could really love, not love someone in a romantic way. So I'm going with no. Hey, man, Crystal's being intentionally antagonistic against me. <laughs> what? 
Do you notice how she's always choosing <laughs> the different dancer than what I'm doing? Hey, I answered before you What's a couple Ben's times. Answer? Opposite. <laughs> <To be fair. laughs> she includes enough backstory that it's hard to argue with her. She's like, if this were the deal and he was Dracula, then yes. <laughs> I got maligned for a backstory and asking additional questions. I'm being mistreated. <laughs> okay. Check yes or no. <laughs> Ben's in with yes. Ben, well, let's see. Ben's in with yes, yeah. right? Crystal was in with no. Dan Hudson. You see, I, I don't, I don't know what this song is. Is is this some real classic? I should know. That it's a, it's a, it it's a, an old country, like tune. a seventy it's country. Yeah. yeah. Well, that probably explains. Yeah. <laughs> they met, they met with that song, and the thirty years down the road, and he's writing it as he's being cute. Oh well, if it's a country song, it's got to be true love. Dad says oh. yes, definitely got to be love. Yeah, I mean, that's a good answer. You know, oh. it's like, uh, yeah, I want to say it's true. It's yeah. Love. Yeah. Do you love me? Do you want to be my friend? Because if you do, you've never heard that song, Dan? I, I, I didn't sing it right. But I mean, that's a general <laughs> gist of it. Anyway, a cowboy hat I'm not going to reread the whole question because you all know what the song is. Uh-huh. Here's the deal. No. He spends that entire letter talking about himself. Ah. Right? He's not trying to feed into the woman or be like, hey, I love you. Hey, I can make your life better. He's like, do you want to be my friend? You should hold my hand. You should check this box. He's a selfish antagonistic dude. Every time you say you, you're saying me. He's basically like Eric (laughs) from The Little Mermaid. You know what I'm saying? He's like, why don't you stop living your life and come dance on my land? Well, take your voice away, but who cares? Because I get to hang out with a lady with uh, wears a bra all the time and has red hair. I mean, he's completely a selfish man. No, that is not love, Ben. Ah. I don't know anything. No. No, you should read more of Crystal's books. Maybe you should get in touch with life. <laughs> Final question of Is This Love? Question five. A woman writes a letter to her husband and leaves it in his briefcase for him to find while he's out of town. Mm-hmm. Is this love? <laughs> There's no way you figure it out. <laughs> question number five. A woman writes a letter to her husband and leaves it in his briefcase for him to find as he's out of town. Is this love? Dan Hudson. Uh, if this is not love because she's suspecting an affair, and she's trying to remind him that she's still there. It's an accusatory letter. Like, yes. I'm on to no, you. No, no. It's just a guilt letter. Oh. Hey, love you. Oh. You still love me, right? <laughs> oh, I see. Check yes or no. <laughs> <laughs> Dan says, no, these underhanded ways. No, that's not love. Ben. I'm t- these mind games are coming at me. <laughs> My head is foggy. Uh, 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 it's in the in the what 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 was the note in? In in a briefcase. Is it a is it like a duffel or is it like a legit briefcase? Uh, yeah, it's a it's a clasp briefcase, no combination. Steno pad or uh, like a scented like a linen finish on. No, the she paper. wrote it and put it in an envelope. Uh, what what she write on the front of the envelope? Is it perfume. Love. Just the word love, like not his name. Right, not his name, just love. How does she address the letter? Dear, what? No, she doesn't do that. <laughs> what is she, what she, what she just she, gets right to the heart of it. There's only one recipient. She skipped the formalities. <laughs> does she sign it? No. <laughs> no. That's love, Mike. <laughs> she also put a piece of beef jerky in there. Does that help? Oh, <laughs> that changes everything. <laughs> <laughs> Why is the beef jerky in there? Uh, <laughs> is it vacuum sealed? <laughs> Yeah, no, I think that's um I think that's love. He's going he's going on a long trip, that's why you need a briefcase. Uh she took the time she took the time to put something in her own handwriting and uh everyone loves beef jerky. That's love. <laughs> Ben says love. Dan says manipulating shrew. Uh, Ben says love indeed. (laughs) Uh, Crystal, you're the tiebreaker. 
Well, Ben, you'll be very happy to know that I agree with you, and I'm going to go with yes. I think she's antagonizing me by placating me, Mike. (laughs) I can't win. I can feel this on the other side of the monitor. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, the the answer to this question actually has two separate answers. Um, Am I right in one of them? Because I couldn't couldn't decide. Um, The question was, a woman writes a letter to her husband and leaves it in his briefcase for him to find while he's out of town. Uh, the the question is is this love? Uh, and both answers are yes. This is love. Uh, the first scenario is look, uh, he just wants to. Uh, she wants to remind her husband on on what he's missing when he's out of town, right? Like uh, absence, heart grow fonder, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Uh, the second answer is there's also love uh, because she's actually teaching him how to read, and she put the letter, which <laughs> is Q, in his briefcase. <laughs> 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 and so slowly he'll get it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the beef jerky was unrelated? Yeah, actually, I just threw that in to throw you off the scent. Did she use the message version? Beef jerky is known as a hateful food. If someone gives you a piece of beef jerky, they ain't your friend. No, it means you're going to persevere through rough times. No, it means you better eat up, friend, because this is the last bit of food you're going to get in a while. No, 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 no. Beef jerky is meant to sustain over the long haul. You don't have to eat fast. If they gave you a raw piece of chicken, that would say <laughs> eat quickly. <laughs> good, good, good luck cooking this poultry. <laughs> you in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Wait, so who won the game? Crystal by far. Of course. <laughs> I didn't even get a digital scoreboard. I just wrote crystal wins on a piece of paper, <laughs> knowing beforehand that was probably going to be the deal. <laughs> uh, uh, that was fun. Yeah. Hey, man. Good game, you got, guys. Yeah. Ben, you're going to have to dock it. Come on. <laughs> you know, well yeah, yeah, yeah. Good game, fellas. I good. trounced you. <laughs> Do this again sometime. Yeah. As if it'll lose in your home court. <laughs> Sitting on your comfy chair <laughs> behind a couple computer monitors, acting uh, like you know the world. <laughs> Listening to live from the path, we're talking to, to Crystal Joy, who just—I uh, mean, I mean—significantly trounced Dan and I in the—is this love game? I think we lost. Wait, did we? Did you win last time? That game? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, she did. Yeah. There were, I had to distinguish. You ca- you caught that? Hmm. Which game? Yeah. 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 The love one, right? Yeah. <laughs> one, also. really no. One, yes. Yeah, secular Solomon's kind of a mop. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it cleans the floor of people. I'm not good at it either. Boo is terrible. He's the worst at it. Mm. But, like, it's it's a tough game to win. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not good at it. I, I wish I was better. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, let's see. What, oh, man, I don't know. We have time to get to this article, or you want me to just do it? We want to do some advice. You still have to act, too. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, we, yeah. All right, I don't think we're going to have time for the article. Okay. Uh, so, so we're going to have to buffoon it around next week. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, so so we're going to try. We didn't want to give away too much of the of, of the upcoming uh, book. So what we thought we'd do was have Crystal give us the names of two characters, and, and Mike and I would act out a scene, and then Crystal would say whether that's close to, to what's going to happen in the book or not. So, I mean, if we guess it right on, uh, that's a freebie. You get free plot points. All right, so uh, I will be I will be McKenna. The girl parole parole officer, is that right? Correct. Yeah, I'll be McKenna. And I'm... Um, You'll be Charlie. I'm Charlie. The parolee. So I want you guys to act out the first time they meet at Charlie's first parole meeting. Okay. Do you want any more information Yeah, I'm going to have to have just a little bit more so my muse is right. Okay. So like I said, <laughs> M- McKenna actually witnessed Charlie's car accident. So she is... When she sees him, she's very upset. She does not want him on her caseload, but she can't tell her supervisor that because... Like I said, she's this awesome workaholic in, in her supervisor's eyes, so she doesn't want to look bad. And then you have Charlie, who is just, he's finally out of prison. So he's recently out of prison. He's feeling really guilty about losing his wife. He misses her like crazy. 
and the last thing he wants is this parole officer telling him how to live his life. Ooh, okay. All right, ready? Okay, I'm ready. Okay, hold on. My, uh, uh, I'm going to come to the office. Okay. Ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's going on in here? This is Charlie. I'm here for my appointment. Yeah, yeah. I, I knew you were coming, I guess. Why don't you have a seat? Uh, okay, thank you. Just right over here. So, uh, what are you doing back in town here? Uh, you told me to come here. Yeah, I, I want you to stay out of my affairs. I'm just trying to change my life. Dang. Dang. Oh, hold on. I'm not grabbing my kitten in the fool. You know what I'm saying? Like, I get that she's angry with him, but, I mean, she got to act decent in her job. It's her job. Yeah. I don't like you, Ben. Charlie? <laughs> <laughs> Whoever you are. I hey, hey, we don't have to like each other. I, we just need to meet these requirements so All right, I can okay. be free. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. So let's go, let's go over some of the things that you need to get done. Did you plan on... I mean, what did you plan on doing once you got out? Uh, I, I, I have to secure a job. I've already talked to, uh, to Ted over at the auto shop. Ted? Yeah, Ted, the guy that runs the auto shop. What's with the attitude? Ted died six <laughs> months ago. So, <laughs> maybe, tell me another one. It, <laughs> you know, listen, if you're not serious about your own recovery, I don't know why I should No, be. no, I'm trying to change my life. I don't know why you're giving me such an attitude. I you went and talk, The listen. man had a Ted name tag at the auto shop. I just... I went to get a job. I'm going to be a change oil. Here's the second thing. You can't have a dog in here. <laughs> I didn't. It followed me in. <laughs> it followed me in. I just, I, ever since I left the auto shop. You know what? We're going to have to do this another time. Because if you're going to waste my time, I don't see any reason why no, I should no, even please, let you in here. Please, please. And take that dog with you. No, I just, I'm going to get out of here. Go, get, get, get out. It doesn't even like me. It oh. thinks I have food. Oh, it messed. <laughs> I'm very sorry. I didn't. It's not my dog. I tell you. I, you know what? Maybe you could get a career as a janitor while you clean up that dog mess because you brought that dog in I, here. I will take care of this as soon as I just can. We can we finish with the meeting? I just oh that's 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 not good. <laughs> that smells bad. I said my. It's not my dog though. I just am trying to change my life. But can I? <laughs> And C. <laughs> hey, was that pretty close? Well, there is a dog in the book. <laughs> Not at the meeting, but in the book. <laughs> Boy, that put me in a rough circumstance. I don't know how you're going to get him out of this one. <laughs> stay, stay tuned. <laughs> Chapter two. Hey, here's what I can guarantee. The book is much better than this. It's, it's much, much better than this. <laughs> you can't bring it. That was it good. Good there. job, guys. Hey, can I write the prologue? I mean, is it published yet? <laughs> um, no. So here, here's an overarching metaphor about cleaning up the mess in the room. <laughs> this is the sad part. Is she was actually, you know what? There is a metaphor about cleaning up a mess. Yes, that was good. I know everything. Oh my goodness! I know everything there is to know. Yeah. I was I was just playing. I, I lost that game on purpose. <laughs> I realized like how much work it takes to be a writer and how I don't have it. When she was Crystal was talking about like wow the story was. Was coming coming out, and you're like, so a guy, he's he's going home, right? And um, but he doesn't want to go home. Why wouldn't he want to go home, right? And my mind goes, bees. There's bees there. <laughs> I wouldn't want to go home to bees. <laughs> Nobody likes bees. <laughs> like, you know, this is why I can't write a book, right? Like I can write like in, in one and a half dimensions. <laughs> why wouldn't why, why wouldn't a guy want to go somewhere? Probably bees there. That'd be my guess. I hate bees. <laughs> chapter, chapter two. Charlie calls a bee man, gets him out of his house, goes home, and enjoys the enjoys the rest of the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Acknowledgements. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind for a conflict in my next book. <laughs> Bees. Hey, Mike, can I write the prologue to your book? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I plan on only selling it on, uh, on you know, low rent back alley operations. <laughs> you, hey, 
I, I, you want me to send it to WikiLeaks? Actually, I thought about this, Crystal. Do you, do you want me to release your third novel, your uh, your novel to the WikiLeaks? It makes it look like it's a uh, like a like a secret document. Yeah, you'll get a big publicity. People and, would and read it. People will, everybody will want yeah. to see it. That's true. Operation uh, Shackled Heart. I'll, I'll think about it. I'll <laughs> okay. think about it. I didn't think about that. Yeah, yeah. Mike okay, and I are you're going to work on a pop up book. <laughs> I hope it's, it's not a that first scene. <laughs> You know, adult coloring books are really in now, too. That's true. There you go. I saw adult coloring books, like, like, but people have a profanity in them. Like, they like to color in a giant profanity. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought, you're missing the point of profanity. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's usually, usually you know, like a quick burst and be like, well, bam, there's profanity. And this dude's sitting there, I mean, he's. He's shading it in for a couple hours. <laughs> if you're going to slow burn anger, you know what I'm saying? Like, use eloquent words or the or, or Latin or something, you know? But, like, usually we reserve profanity for outbursts and whatnot. And this dude's taking the long toil. Maybe they maybe they wanted to, always wanted to be like a uh, a trained graffiti artist and just couldn't commit to it. <laughs> My mom never lets me commit crime. Trains move too fast. <laughs> My dad's always been this way. Okay, you want to do some advice here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, here we got time for a couple. Okay. Dear Life from the Path. I need to get a babysitter for my son. I'm going back to work, and he's too young for school. The other moms I know have hired women who are good at child care, but are paid off the books. Oh, no. All these women I've met are undocumented, which seems to be the trend here. From wealthy moms to those who are struggling, they all seem to hire in this way. I'm afraid if I hire someone who is undocumented, I could get in trouble down the line. When I researched the -the on-the-book nannies, the prices were sky high. (laughs) I'm not sure what to do. None of my friends have been caught. Do you think that is just the way it is now? How to find a nanny? Is this is this woman under the impression that the newspaper columnist is going to say, "Yeah, you know what? Go ahead and do that illegal activity." <laughs> That's my advice. That's what my I advice do. is go with the cheapest product available, whether it's legal or not. Is none of your concern. <laughs> it's a little disturbing that nothing in there had anything to do with what's best for my child. Right. Right. They're not like, hey, they seem to pay real good attention to the kids or they, you know, quality time or whatever. They're like, one is cheaper and undocumented and the other one is very expensive. Right. What should I do? I got a lot of irrelevant details. <laughs> uh, uh, I think you're messed up. Uh, yeah. Quit your job before you go. Yeah. My advice is uh, just don't, don't go with the illegal activity. I, if yours do, I'm sure the ladies are nice. I'm sure they're wonderful. Uh, but uh, it's, yeah. It's not legal. You have to not do that. <laughs> Crystal, thoughts? I think if you use care.com, you can either – I think you you can have them fill out information. There are actually pretty good prices on there. Like I've used it a couple times. And you can you can use um, – you can have them fill out tax forms if you want to. Oh. So – and I think, I think when you fill out your application – you can um, you can request that you want someone who will fill out those tax forms. So if she wanted to do it legally, she could. So using I, that, and the prices are pretty good. That's true. There's another route besides just asking people around you, right? Like, I mean, we have the internet. You, I mean, you could basically search anything you want. You've put no other work into this besides what are the wealthy people around me doing? I mean, so like it makes sense to check with people around you, right? Sure. Like if you're going to have yeah. people you know watching your children, but like that actually doesn't seem to be what she is asking about right she's not saying hey i know these people and they do a great job uh it's she doesn't know any of them and is just trying to decide on a price point and a level of legality well i i mean here's the thing it's, it's basically the question she's proposing is if they said look i want to know how to get myself through life better i'm all stressed out what do you do and then she asked everybody she knows and everybody she knows says heroin 
And then you're like, well, I guess I don't have any choices. Heroin's the only way to go. Heroin's the answer. You know what I'm saying? Like, you've just basically asked everybody and said, well, I don't have a choice here. Yeah. So, uh, to her, what was the the final part of her question? Like, the last, the, the actual question? Let's see. Is this is this normal? Yeah. Her question was, do you think this is just the way it is now? No. No, I don't know anybody that's doing that. <laughs> Dan? No, I, yeah, I, I agree with Ben. Yeah. I, I think, uh, yeah, she really needs to find someone she knows. Um, uh, gosh, these are your children. I get a little extra sensitive with this stuff. Uh, I would never give a stranger uh, into the care of my children ever. I mean, yeah. you know, I just that's me. I'm, yeah. You know, I actually it's it's funny because like we talked about so, like missing some of the important detail when when my daughter was I don't know six eight months old or whatever we were gonna we were gonna have to have her go to a daycare or something because because my wife had to go back to work. And we started to interview these folks, right? And I went into this one place, and this lady had a porcelain cat on her table. And and it was a daycare. And I thought, nope. <laughs> nope. Because you're an idiot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, you can't say. You cannot have a, a porcelain figurine in your house and be like, I'm a daycare. You're not a daycare. Yeah. Daycares have fuzzy dice and balls everywhere. Yeah. And random bits of Nutri-Grain bars and food. <laughs> and and, and sippy yeah. cups that are hiding under furniture. That's what a kid's place looks like. Like a daycare that has, like, breakables. You're just not good at your job. I don't trust you with my kid, right? <laughs> like, that's the stuff that adds up to me. You know, and, and so, like, I don't care. It doesn't really matter what you cost or. Or, or, you know, who rec- recommendations you come by, right? Like, the, the, the important stuff is, is like, if I have to leave my child with you, um, there's going to see want to be some things that I need to know, and they're real specific, and uh, I'm going to want to know you real well. Yeah. I like real well. Like, I almost prefer if you were just a family member, because <laughs> uh-huh. that uh, <laughs> keeps me from having to vet you. Because I like, I've, and I, I had a very bad experience with one of my kids going to um, a lady's house after school or whatever, and like, she was there for, Three or four months, and and uh, and I I'd come pick her up, and she'd be crying, and I'm like, hey man, what's 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 going on? And they're like, yeah, she just does that. I'm like, what do you mean she just does that? <laughs> yeah, she kind of sits by the stairs and cries. I'm like, don't you figure this had been a good thing to tell me three four months ago, you know? And I'm like, I'll never do this again. My wife quit her job that day. Said that's it, we're done, we're not gonna do this, you know? And so like, I think you're asking all the wrong questions here. Yeah, really. yeah. yeah. I mean, like, truth. yeah. The, some, sometimes those are those. Sometimes those are difficult, right? Like sometimes you don't have a choice. Sometimes like your life circumstances don't allow you a ton of flexibility there. And so, uh, but but I, I, the core is you got to figure out what's important to you, right? Like there's there's a hundred ways to get it wrong, but that doesn't mean there's not a way to get it right. Um, you got to figure out what's important to you. And what we didn't hear, and probably in that question, was stuff that would have been on my list. A great list of things important. Although I mean, cost I'm sure will do it. Like you got to you, you have to actually be able to pay somebody. But right. like. Um, I think if your if your options are I don't know what to like um, paying more for something the a that you trust and that is legal uh, versus the illegal thing even if everybody else is doing it I think you're gonna have to go with the legal item yeah I agree flat out uh, secular says it is true that many mothers or families in New York City as well as other parts of the country employ undocumented workers to care for their children it's not a new phenomenon it's part of the ecosystem of the United States economy believe it or not but that doesn't make it legal. There are many manual labor jobs as well as home care jobs that are filled, blah, blah, blah. Well, she's going on a rant here. She's basically saying, <laughs> uh, you should hire a person who is filing with the IRS and paying taxes. That's basically what Crystal said. Fine. Like, get a legit person that fills out some documentation. Yep. That's right on. There I you was go. just saying that was an option. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Secular went on like a three-paragraph rant here. Um, you want to do one more, Ben? Yeah. We've got time more. for one more. One more. Dear Live from the Path, it's not even Halloween yet, and my kids are already telling me what they want for Christmas. That's because the kids' channels they watch are cluttered with toy commercials. I hate it because I do not want them to think we are materialistic. 
I was taught to think of Christmas as a time to give to others and to spread joy, not to chuck up how much loot I collected. How can I teach this to my kids if they are inundated by commercial pleas to have their parents buy them things? Hey, I got an idea. Why don't you stop letting them watch them commercials all the time? <laughs> Holy cats. I mean, is that too far off of logic here? Like, my kids are watching these things. I let them watch this show called Gang Violence done at home. And then all of a sudden, they start acting violent. I'm like, where are they getting this? I don't understand <laughs> this. <coughs> i tell you two story. <coughs> That's not the true story. True story is, is like, I struggle with, as my kid's getting older, on how much YouTube I let them watch, right? They like to watch a couple things on YouTube about these, there's like 25 or 30-year-old people who are playing video games and then narrating the, themselves playing these video games, yep. right? And like, it's not foul or anything, there's nothing, you know, there's no bad content or whatever. But like, it's, there's a level of narcissism that it takes to record yourself playing a video game for an hour and then post three updates a week, right? Yeah. And my kids absolutely love this thing. So long story short is, I thought, well, there's no harm here, no bad language, no sexual content, whatever. You know, they can watch a kid play a video game, no big deal. Well, it turns out it's like that, the, 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 the narcissism just started to leak into them, right? And like, like they just had this weird attitude about them that like it was all of a sudden entitled and, and they were very important compared to what the world was, right? And I thought, where did this come from? They're not getting this from their mom. They're not getting it from me. I, I know what they watch on TV. I know what their church family looks like. I don't. I don't get this. Mm-hmm. It was you. It was literally YouTube of just watching people talk about themselves and what they created in a video game, and like it was just it was shading their thing. And I thought that can't be it. So I said, "Look, gals, we're going to take a break from YouTube for a couple weeks or whatever, because because I think this is causing behavior problems for you." And they're like, "Yeah, no, no, it's not." And I I took it away, and it was gone. Like they weren't even sly enough to like reintroduce these bad characteristics so they could have YouTube back. Like, <laughs> they just, I mean, and it, it went away and it was gone. It was gone completely. And I thought, holy cats. Like, I mean, it's, you, you knock off the big 20. It's like, don't be looking at butts or whatever. That's not going to happen. Don't listen to the things that got bad words in it. That's cool. But, but like, it's all this other weird stuff that, that, that seeps into them. And like, you're the filter. That's what God made you for. Your job is to watch what's going in to impressionable kids, right? And so, like, you cannot, you absolutely cannot throw up your hands and be like, I don't know, these kids are materialistic. They watch all these commercials with the, with the stuff on them. Like, it's your TV. It's your kid. What are <laughs> yeah, you doing? Right. <laughs> what are you, all these things are under your purvey. You're the parent in the relationship, you know? So, I mean, I want to. Yeah, you can always say, uh, I know you want this. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to get it. I try that all the time. It's actually fun. Yeah. Especially as the kids grow older. They ask with impassioned pleas, and they're like, Dad, we should really get this. I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> In fact, and now that they've gotten, like, my oldest is 10, I, I, I get what I use, the magic hand. She's like, Dad, we should go do this. I'm like, let me ask the magic hand. She goes, the magic hand always says no. <laughs> I said, that's why I ask him, because then I don't have to be the bad guy every time. And then I just shake my hands together and open them up, and I go, yeah, no. <laughs> ah, man, that's too bad. <laughs> that is too bad. That guy's tough to get along with. You know what I'm saying? But they get it. They, get, You know, they get it. Like, they're not yeah. mad or anything. You know, they get it. It's a joke. But I'm saying no, and like, my no's a no, and then that's it. Yeah. And like, you don't have to explain it to them. You don't have to sympathize with them. You just be like, yeah, no. Right. No, that's <laughs> yeah. not what we're going to do. <laughs> and, and, and like, the, the benefit of that, of that type of thought process is like, you're not, it's not like you're invested in the power of the no, right? Like, it's, it, it feels like, um, uh, you're being straight with an answer. You're not dodging your own kids like you're afraid of what the reaction is going to be. But like, it's not a, it's not a harshness. It's not a punishment. It's just like I'm the well reasoned individual, and I'm this. We're not going to do this. Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so like, I, you can right, you can do that a way where the kids like actually get a slight amount of joy out of being told no, even though they don't like the answer. It doesn't have to be kind of like an overly harsh. Hey, stop asking me those things. 
I usually like that if they ask me ten times, I usually joyfully be like, <laughs> "No, it's, it's nope. the same. It's the same. Great. I know it's right here. It's a piece of paper. You hold on to it, and you can do this yourself." <laughs> well, and if she's worried about giving too, you know, she could also take the next step and have them like right before Christmas comes, take some of the toys that they have that they don't play with anymore, and let them give it away. Like do some mm-hmm. sort of like. Uh, what's toys for? Or, uh, toys for tots. Is it or toys for tots? Or, yeah. yeah, like go give your toys away, and knowing that you're going to get some new ones for Christmas yeah. or something like that too. Yeah, I think there's a lot of ways. There, there's a lot of ways to address that. And I, I mean, here's the thing: you do have to have your child's eyes on this thing, right? They are depending on how old your kids are. There's kids, right? Like you ain't going to convince them. They get free stuff on Christmas. They're not fools. You know what I'm saying? And they're going to see it that way. Like I'm, I expect some of this to start hitting them when they're like. Eight or nine or ten, they start seeing the world a bit bigger. They start seeing a little bit past their own fingernails, you know. And then, you know, they'll get it. So if like your five year old's like, "Give me, give me, give me toys," like they're five, you know what I'm saying? Like, tr- you correct them and get them head in the right direction. Like, but don't be like, "My kid's a selfish jerk. I can't believe I've raised such a brat." You, you haven't. They're five. They only see past their own their own hands right now, right? And so like, you gotta have some grace and some freedom to let them grow up and. And decide who they're going to be, and and like your job is just to correct them in that way. And so like you got a materialistic kid, one stop letting them watch all those commercials. Don't like you're you want to feed into them. Don't let everyone else feed into them. You only get X amount of time with them, right? So feed them the right stuff, and and don't feel bad about taking the stuff that they don't need. And and two, like I mean, if they're just little kids, just tone your expectations down. If you got a 15 year old that acts like that, you should be questioning your abilities, and then really grab the reins back because you only got about a year or two, and they're done with you, right? So I think that's probably your option. Um, Secular says, your job is to teach your children your values. True. One way to do this is to limit their exposure to television. The fewer commercials they see, the less their longing will be for something they might not even want. Give them guidance on how you approach gifts during the holidays. Can they request one main gift? What are the boundaries of their wish list? Tell them and set their expectations uh, what they will receive for what you expect them to give. By changing the conversation, you will help to balance out what they are seeing from outside sources and what you believe. Yeah, true. Well, it's very rare. We pretty much spot on agree with yeah. particular. Yeah, that never happens. Yeah, I mean, he's like, let them go to the toy store and pick out whatever they want and then tell them to shut up. I <laughs> need to rethink my answer. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you've been hanging out with us on Live from the Path. Thank you so much uh, for, uh, for being with us during this interview. Uh, thank you, Crystal, for coming in. Thank you for having me. It was so much fun. You're very welcome. Always fun to have Crystal in, uh, even though I feel like she's cheating on the, <laughs> is this love game and otherwise just trying to make me look bad. <laughs> uh, and so, but, but uh, even so, I would highly recommend you enjoy uh, both Completely Captivated and Completely Yours, both available on Amazon. Just do a search for Crystal Joy or either of the titles, and I feel like it'll come right your way. Pick those up. Get Start getting them read. Uh, and then uh, in wait in much anticipation for uh, Shackled Heart. Uh, hopefully within the next two or three months, that'll be available. Uh, maybe a nice thing to get somebody for uh, for the old Christmas. Right on. That's coming right can you up. Can you gift an ebook? How do they do that? Yeah, I think you can. I'll put the thought on it has. It must be able to be done. Be Wait a minute. Is, are they? Is 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 Shackled Heart? Is there going to be? Leather are you going to print that one? Yeah, it'll be a print book. Ooh, it's got to be leather. No, it's jack up to price ten bucks. I'll buy it if it's leather because people like that's an expensive leather book. That's a that's a. I know how to leather. I'll leather. I looked online. Instructables.com. I'm not paying you for secondhand leather. Yeah, <laughs> I bought. So I couldn't find leather. I did vinyl. <laughs> My commentary on Mark is covered in vinyl. <laughs> Uh, all right. Okay, well. hold on. There's a certain brand of man that sheathes his own commentary <laughs> on the book of Mark and then bails out on the material for vinyl. <laughs> Here's the thing. The book fell apart. <coughs> it, the, the, it, 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 they bound it in two big sections and they came unglued 
And I thought, I should rebind this. And uh, I didn't want to do it with the paper that was there, so I got some vinyl from the Hobby Lobby. Oh, wait a minute. This is, uh, this is someone else's commentary, Mark, not the one you No, wrote. I didn't write my own commentary That's what I Mark thought. I thought you it. wrote... <laughs> this is gold. <laughs> that sounded like you wrote your own commentary and then bound it in vinyl. I'm like, you arrogant fool. <laughs> This will be this will be littered my garage sale next year. <laughs> Signed by Ben. <laughs> that's terrible. No, that's a good idea. All right. Anyway, thank you for hanging out with us. Um, we will see you next week. In the meantime, be faithful in the means. God will handle the ends. You've been listening to Live from the Path. <laughs>